0: Hey guys, welcome to the Learn Feng Shui podcast, where you'll learn Feng Shui from a classical point of view, taking out the myth and superstition. So if you're interested in learning Feng Shui, Chinese astrology, all things Chinese metaphysics, as well as the superstitions and myths that connect it all, you'll enjoy learning Feng Shui with me. Hey guys! Let's harness the power of feng shui for a successful academic year. We're going to talk feng shui and back to school. We know as feng shui enthusiasts that feng shui can be a valuable tool for students. In fact, I think it's one of the most Googled phrases. If you look up feng shui, a lot of stuff about study will come up. You know, it's one of the biggest concerns I think we have as a parent or if you yourself are, you know, taking college level courses. I mean, we want to be successful in studying. We want our kids to be successful in school, right? And so we know that by applying feng shui principles students can enhance their focus concentration and overall well-being in their study area and by implementing feng shui techniques and even incorporating feng shui inspired design students can create an environment that supports their learning and personal growth as they start on their back to school journey so Uh, I took a lot of inspiration from the International Feng Shui Guild's newsletter this month. I'm going to link to it below. It had a bunch of different articles and links. And so some of my inspiration, I am going to be reading from some of the articles on there. And some of them, I just was kind of inspired to kind of elaborate on certain points of the articles. So again, I'll link that newsletter And um, I'll be, you know, kind of referencing a lot of the articles on that, as well as my own article. I, I didn't get it submitted in time to the International Feng Shui Guild's newsletter, but I did write also a back to school for therealhomes.com. I was asked to write another little write-up there, and it was focused on feng shui for small spaces and dorm rooms again. So I guess I'm the small space expert or something, I don't know. <laughs> Anyhow, um, looking at dorm rooms, and then, um, we'll, so we'll talk all about that. So here it goes, feng shui for back to school. Before we kind of get into the environment part of things, um, I was inspired by Caramel Malone um, she's a, a feng shui colleague with the International Feng Shui Guild and her contribution to the newsletter this month was an article she wrote about keeping your kids um, on a back-to-school routine and I think that makes a very good point so if we look at feng shui and we think about the element cycle that is used in Chinese metaphysics and feng shui um, one of the 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 elements that we can kind of reference to is the element of metal. So metal is the element that creates routine and structure. It gives structure to things. It's that very um, organ, the organized part of our lives, right? So metal is all about focus, organization, and structure, and that can be incorporated into a routine. And so, um, just kind of you know, thinking about that, um, looking at a routine, you know, we want to get our kids back to, you know, back to sleeping on a sleep schedule correctly. Uh, We want to provide that structure for them where they're, you know, going to bed at a certain time, they're waking up at a certain time. And even when they come back from home from school, we want to make sure that the structure kind of continues into not necessarily a schedule, but creating those home zones that can be drop zones for things, you know, you know, backpacks and schoolwork really kind of get out of control. And just creating some organizational spots for those are very helpful in kind of even, you know, teaching your student to be organized. So especially for those with smaller children, you know, having things like a closet that's dedicated to your shoes in your backpack. So the first thing you do when you come in, if you, you know, have the space for it, you know, you can put hooks up. You can use the front closet or you can just have a specific little area that you've created for kids to drop their shoes and their backpacks so they're easy to find in the morning. Um I know my kids use school badges. Some of them were a little bit easier to keep up with than others. And so even having little spots to hang those badges they can grab out the door on the way to school I think is just Uh, something that we can do to teach our kids like hey we can make it easy for our morning routine if we just organize a little bit the day before put everything where it belongs and in its place right so not necessarily just about keeping kids on a sleep schedule but keeping them on a schedule after school and then creating those organized spaces for them i think is very helpful one point that I really like that she makes here is just kind of prepping your house the day before and just doing those quick things that kind of help that visual clutter get under control because you don't want to wake up to that. And I think that's a great point. I hate waking up to a messy house, sink full of dishes. And admittedly I do it, you know, sometimes, but uh, it feels good to wake up to a space that's nice and decluttered And here. uh uh, Caramel says from a feng shui perspective, messiness can block the flow of chi and cause arguments and other distractions. I know for me, that's true. Um, it makes me feel very, uh, f- like kind of flustered. It makes me feel very anxious and I'm not really sure why, but we know that visual clutter can, um, increase anxiety symptoms. So we don't want to do that. Um, again, I'll, I'll link to the international feng shui guild newsletter, and it's going to have a comprehensive list of just all these articles I'm referencing. So you can go back and look. I highly recommend you take a look at it, subscribe to their newsletter because they have monthly things that come out all the time and um, go look through these articles. Looking at your own personal energy when you're doing feng shui, it can be just as important as setting up a space for you to sit and study in, right? And so we kind of know those general things. When you look at a space in your house to study in, you want to make sure that you're, if you're, using a desk, you know, your desk has a solid wall behind it, you know, it's facing that what's called the commanding position where our backs are, Essentially um, covered or protected with, you know, a wall or a solid space, and then we're able to see the door in front of us and have a space in front for the chi to collect. I mean, that's generally what we want to do, and we're setting up like a study desk or a dedicated area. I mean, I feel like my kids never really sat at a desk when they wanted to to study or to do their homework, um, so. Uh, One thing that I I do suggest is that you use your own personal energy. And so we can look at this a few different ways. So according to if we use like what's called the eight mansions formula or your favorable and unfavorable directions, which is a pretty easy system to implement because you can implement anywhere. You can actually use what's called your food way or your stability direction, and you sit facing that direction no matter what room you're in, and it's said to help with studying. The stability direction is said to help and uh, support study. And so likewise, if we think about the eight mansions of our home, remember our home and our personal eight mansions are different. So if we think of our home eight mansions, we can also use the food way sector in our home to set up the study area. So, um, those again, um, I'm going to link an article that I I wrote or a blog post I wrote a few years ago, and it'll kind of have all the directions on it and and it'll, it'll tell you all about it. So I probably need to update it because I see that it says 2019 here. So, (laughs) so we don't want to use 2019 dates. Those are out of date. Okay. So Another thing you can do is if you use flying stars, you can look for the flying star number four. Um, it is the the governing star for the year. So it's actually governing the center of our homes. It's, it's sitting in the center of sector of our homes. So remember the center, at least from my perspective, uh, my, my school of thought, it's not necessarily a sector. So I mean, I can say you can try to use it kind of center of your home. If you have something there where you can actually set up to study, that would be just fine. Um, another thing is you can you can do is actually just use the monthly number four flying star in which I can mark that, um, you know, in the, in the monthly energy updates that I do for August, that's going to be in the West. And I believe for, um, September, that's going to be in the Northeast. So don't quote me on that, but I'm pretty sure that's the way the flying stars fly. So again, flying star number four is generally used for studying. Um, so another thing is to use the Uh, academic star that's available for the year that is in the south this year i mean i could say use the sector just fine don't activate it because we want to avoid some of the energies there for activation but you can use the south sector for studying this year and that works too One last thing about personal energy is that you can actually plot out your Bata chart or your natal chart. And if you look at the section that says intelligence, there'll be a zodiac sign and you can actually use that sector in your home to study. So if it says like, the snake, that's going to be in Southeast. You know, if it says rat, that's going to be in the North. So it's going to be one of those Zodiac animals and it's just going to be an area that you can actually just sit in and work. So there's a lot of flexibility when it comes to personal energy. And if you have any questions, always just message me. So if you are one that practices BTB Feng Shui, you are going to want to orient your Bagua and look at where the self-knowledge sector of your home is or of your, like your living room. So you can definitely apply it that way. Um, the BTB Bagua, as you enter a space, usually that career area is right as you enter. And then the knowledge area is going to be right, you know, directly to your left. And so it'll be that either that sector of your home or alternatively, you can break that down to a small Tai Chi and kind of lay that bagua over like a living room or a dining room or something like that so you kind of uh, find the area within any space if you practice the nine life and inspir- you know aspirations um, and you do section it out um, by, by by direction and sector um, then that area for you is going to be in the north um, east sector I was going to say northwest it's going to be the northeast sector is the one that is generally associated with uh, knowledge So if you are limited on options, another option is to just choose the quietest space in the home. Maybe this is a room or a living room, a dining room, you know, it doesn't have to necessarily be that traditional study room. Um, I know, you know, one, kids don't really like sitting at a desk after they sat at a desk all day. They're not going to want to sit at a desk, come home and do their homework. It's like being at school all over again. (laughs) I know my kids will, you know, vary. They'll go, you know, they would sit on their bed or they'll, you know, just sit on the floor or whatever, right? You want to spread out a little bit and you just want to kind of, be comfy, do your thing, and not feel like it's so structured, I think. And so, one of the points made here on the AsianParent.com is to have just a quiet area in the home for studying. They do say here that the study room is vital, that is upstairs. Um, And so again, if we're working with a smaller space, there might not be an upstairs, so a quiet room it says. But it just say here, this is because the chi on the upper floors of the building is said to be calmer and more passive than the chi on the ground floor. And this is based on the notion that chi flows downwards and not upwards. So it does say here though that a calmer environment um, will help your children absorb information more easily and naturally, and it's perfect for having them do it, um, you know, revising exams or doing their homework. And so even though if you don't have an upper floor, again, um, just a spot in the home that just needs to be quieter or calmer and less distractions might be perfect for you. College dorms can be a little bit challenging. And so again, I was asked to write some tips for therealhomes.com on small spaces in college dorms. One thing I did not focus on is bed placement and desk placement, because let's face it, some of these dorm rooms have built-ins that are not able to move. For example, I know that this summer, my youngest child did a college like readiness, um, camp. And so they stayed for a week at the dorms and it was just kind of like a preview of college life. But when I went to go help her set up and get her bed ready and everything, one thing I noticed was that everything's built in, like literally it's built in it's shelving, <laughs> built in beds, and literally nothing's able to move. And so when we're looking at a bed position and desk position, that is not always a, we're not always able to get in that commanding position. So for this article, I focus more on feng inspired design. And for my first tip, it's really incorporating the right colors. So, um, here I say that color is proven to have a psychological impact on our feelings. And in some practices of feng shui colors thought to have energy or its own vibration. And so adding different hues to your dorm room can help you feel more at home. Greens, soft blues, lavender, soft pinks, and earthy yellows, and even terracotta reds can help bring life into a dreary or cold feeling space. Um, But again, just kind of avoid overusing bright and loud colors for a space that you sleep in, and even overwhelming prints. And so if you're able to decorate in any sort of way, you know, keep things kind of softer, calmer, and, and stuff like that, just to kind of make them feel a little bit more homey. Likewise with your bed, the study area is not going to be something sometimes you're able to move around. A lot of these dorm rooms actually have fixed desk areas or built-in areas that you can sit, you know, or a little area for a chair. And so sometimes... Uh, The most practical space for this is with the back to the door and it's built in. You can't move it. And so uh, for that, I suggest really maybe getting a little mirror that you can put where you can see people coming in behind you, you know, something like that. So get something that helps you be aware of what's going on behind you if you your back is not in that commanding position. The second tip for your dorm room is the lighting. And so adding some soft lighting in your dorm room can help counteract the harshness of those overhead lights that are installed, especially if they're fluorescent. And here I kind of talk about with the popularity of colored light bulbs and light strips, you do now have a choice of colors, which I think can be super helpful. So remember blue lights are, found on electronic devices, LEDs, and they're very energetic and they are supposed to wake you up. And that's one of the reasons they say don't use electronics at night is because this LED and blue light can help you to actually wake up, but they can help, also help you lose sleep if you're doing, you know, looking all that too late. So also alternatively, blue light blocking glasses can help. Um, green, green's a color of nature and green is said to boost your immune system, the, the green light. Um, orange is said to stimulate the thought process and help you be more creative. If you feel like you need some creative or some ins- inspiration, okay. Some creativity, purple lights can help you reduce emotional, and mental stress. I think if you, you know, put that on after a stressful day and you put, put a little soft purple lighting on that can help. And then yellow is said to be beneficial to treat depression. Red light is sell- said to help produce melatonin. So again, I think those light strips offer, um, of a nice benefit. Um, one thing I do notice about them too, sometimes is they still emit, emit, that blue led light if, if they're not unplugged. So if you're, you know, using that and it's, it's not plugged in and you don't want the blue light, then just unplug it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Did I say if it wasn't plugged in? So if it's plugged in, it'll still be emitting the, the blue light, uh, sometimes, um, even though it's really light. So again, just kind of unplug that when you're not using it. Even if we cannot control where our bed is positioned in the space, you do want to avoid placing heavy things or shelving above your bed. So here I say, although it may be a limited space, try to avoid placing shelving over your headboard when it comes to feng shui. This actually presses the energy that is over your head while you sleep, and it could lead to a restless night's sleep and headaches or health problems in the long run. And again, since bed position may be an issue, curtains can be used in a variety of ways or even privacy screens, which I didn't kind of put up there. Again, the spaces are limited and, um, you know, a privacy screen might not even fit. So perhaps a nice place curtain or, you know, something like that can help either soften the sharp corners, like what are called poison arrows, right? Um, Or... And, and those poison arrows can have a similar impact as that overhead shelving. It can actually, it, it's what's called an attacking or um, a negative chi, right? If there's a corner pointed directly towards you while you sleep, you know, the, the way the energy in the room circulates, it's kind of circulating towards you and directing the energy in a negative way towards you. And so for that reason, again, the shelving, slope ceilings, and poison arrows are um, best to be softened, maybe with a curtain or something like that. So if you can you know, try to use a curtain or something to kind of redirect the energy. And one of the things that I do point out is even though those dorm rooms do have, um, a blind, some of them will have just kind of, they're very industrial, right? So they could have some blinds on them, but you still want to use curtains to control the lighting that way. You know, what if your schedule is really off or you work odd hours in that dorm room, right? Or your student does. So make sure that they have enough, um, control over the lighting again, the natural lighting in the space where they can block out that light or bring the light in when they need to organization is going to do you really good to, you know, have like a bunch of different bins or even those like removable command hooks, you know, things like that that you can help to add storage to your space. And again, kind of going vertically and adding height up top as long as it's not above your bed is perfectly fine. Um again, I kind of talk here about bins and the thing about bins, especially if you get decorative ones that aren't see-through, you know, not the clear ones, but just the ones you can just toss stuff in. And you can kind of sort out when you have a few extra minutes. You know, it's easy to kind of sort out one bin at a time and organize it and, you know, just be able to toss your stuff in when, you know, it, kind of in between that time to get stuff off the floor and kind of keep your space tidy. So bins, organization, and shelving, command hooks, they're all going to be your best friends. To make a space feel a little bit more cozy, perhaps your student is gonna want some plants in their space. So plants are also a good way to help block those poison arrow corners. Um, you know, they can be placed just kind of on a windowsill, just to, you know, make the space feel a little bit more cozy. Do not get a high stress plant that someone's gonna be, you know, worried about killing. Don't be getting them in orchids, they're beautiful, but you know, a, a nice little ivy, like a porthos ivy or a little snake plant or a peace lily, like something like that can, that can have a little bit of bad lighting and it can take a little bit of neglect from your student is perfectly fine. Alternatively, if you don't want to put a real plant or then maybe they're not allowed, I don't know, um, fake plants work just as well. And they provide that feeling. And so another way you can kind of bring in touches of nature is to add textures and, and colors and prints on like bedding and curtains and, and stuff like that, or even decorative items. You know, maybe they're made out of bamboo or you put a bamboo mat on the floor or something, something that brings in a little bit of that natural feel and it makes the space not feel so harsh and kind of cold and industrial. My last piece of advice for a dorm room is to get really comfortable Bedding, <laughs> really comfortable bedding, okay? Make sure that you're getting a nice fluffy sheet, you know, get, get your students some quality stuff or get your, you know, have, if you're a student and you're kind of on a budget, you know, go to TJ Maxx, go to Ross, you know, find those good quality things that are really gonna fit in with your budget. And it's gonna just make your space feel more luxurious. You know, dorm rooms can be uncomfortable enough. You know, sometimes the beds are just, you know, the mattresses are just that um, basically like, plastic you know has that plastic covering you know they they want to just keep it as like clean as they can right and so everything's just like able to be wiped down and so if if your dorm room is like that and your beds uncomfortable you know mattress toppers really soft bedding good quality pillows you're going to want to have some good quality stuff so again you don't have to spend a lot to get some budget friendly things if you hit up some of those kind of discount stores that you know, they they really discount like the good quality stuff and they, you know, have it just like on those, you know, those discount uh, prices. So yeah, you can get some good quality stuff for fairly inexpensive, but make sure your bed is comfortable. And again, taking inspiration from the International Function by Yield newsletter, they had a little section on there that um, was a a podcast episode about a teacher who had used feng shui for her classroom and how she kind of used that to support her. Um, I have not listened to the episode. I do follow the, that podcast host on Instagram and I think she has a lovely Instagram page. Her name's Christina Hollinger. And, um, I I, I think, don't quote me on this, but I think that she used to be a teacher also. And so I, I know that it's mentioned that she wrote a book about feng shui for the classroom. So I mean, hey, you might, you might want to check that out if you're a teacher. Um, one thing though, I wanted to talk about with feng shui for the classroom. Um, it's just kind of referenced in this article on lovetoknow.com, which I will of course include, but the, I think the, one of the things that it really stood out to me about this article was the entrance. And so the entrance for your feng shui classroom, it does need to provide a clear pathway for students to move in and out of the room. Just like you don't block the main entrance of your home. You don't want to block the entrance of your classroom and make it too cluttered or even kind of squeeze it out too much, you know? Um, so again, here, I do like the fact that it says the Feng Shui classroom goal is to create a layout that does allow chi to flow. And so to me, I think the most important takeaways from this article really would be about that entrance and making it very um, open and welcoming and also um, the desk placement. And so again, um, I think classrooms usually are big enough to kind of place a teacher desk, you know, so there there should be plenty of room for you to place your desk in a commanding position. And so try to make sure you do that. You can see the front of the room and there's a little bit of a kind of a buffer when people come in and, you know, maybe they're not walking directly into the students and even the students' backs don't really need to be to the door. So to me, those are the most important things. There's a lot of little tips in here. And again, I'll link that in the the show notes down there, but yeah, uh, using feng shui for a classroom I think can be very effective and supportive. One last thing I'd like to warn teachers about is when you use those wax warmers or essential oil diffusers in your classroom, they can be quite nice, but do be careful that it's not giving your student a headache. I know that certain smells um, I'm very sensitive to; my child is very sensitive to. And um, children do tend to be a little bit more sensitive with their sense of smell. So if you have smaller children, do be cautious or maybe use a little bit weaker of a formula when you're using those diffusers um, or use something that's kind of universally pleasant, like a vanilla or lavender or something like that, not too strong in your classroom. Um, That way your students aren't getting headaches from the smell. Let's take a really quick ad break from Spotify. Um, don't forget, one of the easiest ways to support this show is to just listen to the ad really quick. I get a very nominal amount for each ad listened to, but it, you know, adds up over time, okay? So it just helps me out very little bit, but it'll help. <laughs> so yeah, just stick around for the ad. But um, after the ad, we're going to come back with the Folklore Friday segment, and we're going to be talking about popular feng shui symbols for education. I think one thing that's usually associated with feng shui, of course, is using feng shui items um, that they sell in different various stores, right? Online, you may f- see little trinkets available here and there. Well, mall dot com has an amazing assortment of all kinds of items. So if you are one that you like, you know you'd like to use the feng shui items. I mean, shit, go for it, right? I mean just just go for it. <laughs> if It makes you feel better. Um, one of the things though that I kind of warn against is that the items, um, every time a feng shui item is used, um, one thing that I've learned is that you actually need to have that blessed, activated by, you know, like a a Taoist master, a Taoist master, uh, you're gonna wanna have those items like blessed and activated in what's called open the eye to, to the item. So it does offer you protection, right? And so, and you, and you actually have a connection to it. And so to me, just buying some items offline uh, is not super helpful and in my perspective and what I've learned, it works more on like a psychological level. It works more on a spiritual level. And so you're exerting a lot of your energy to try to get these items to, to work. You know, you're, you're putting a lot of like hope in them and you're, you're, exerting just a lot of energy and honestly that can kind of wear you out a little bit and so that's for for that reason uh, that's why I talk about using your you know intelligence sector using those good stars you know receiving good energy by placing your desk correctly to me those are those are feng shui things that um, are, are, are going to give you the most energy where you're going to be able to um, you know kind of benefit, benefit in that way. So if you actively study an area that you're getting good energy in, to me, it's more effective. So with that all being said, <laughs> let's look at some of the most popular items that people placed out for education. So one of the most popular items that people placed out is the pagoda. So I will say these are cool looking items. It's just a small little statue of a pagoda. And back in the day, the pagodas used to store the scrolls that, you know, that like scholars would write and read, right? That it was kind of like the ancient library. They would, it would store their scrolls there. And so for this reason, it kind of became associated with education. And so there's all kinds of different ones you can buy. There's like jade ones. there's there's gold ones and there's obsidian ones. So again, I'm going to link to fengshuimall.com, but it has an, a giant array of any fengshui item you can think of if you are one that likes to place out feng shui items or you just think they're cool. Okay. Um, likewise, there is all kinds of different um, pagodas that have different like a number of levels to them. And so you might want to research what each one means because I think some of them are for higher education, some of them for if you're going to take a placement test to be placed like in a high ranking position, like things like that, right? And so um, there's some Pagodas that have seven layers, there's some that have nine, there's some that have 13. And so you're just going to kind of want to match it up to the, uh, the description that you want. So, but Pagoda is a very a very popular item. Um, Here at Feng Shui Mall, it does have really nice descriptions also. So honestly, if you wanted to place some items out and it just made you feel better, you know, go look through Feng Shui Mall and they have a very comprehensive list along with a very comprehensive description. And so for that reason, i would probably go along with the Feng Shui Mall. As for the quality of the items, I don't know. And so it says here, along with wind chimes, a bagua and a Wulu, the Wu Wuching Pagoda is a potent instrument used by feng shui experts, um, uh, allegedly for educational purposes. <laughs> the name of the pagoda itself originates from the Wuching Star or one of the flying stars, number four green, which I talked about earlier, is supposed to represent that, which is believed to have the ability to alter the outcome of a student's success both in academics and later on for their career. For those in pursuit of a higher education similar to the ancient imperial test done for officials in the Chinese court, a pagoda is said to create literary luck allowing them to later on have fame and fortune. Much like the pagoda, a globe is a very popular feng shui symbol for education and so um, one thing I do like about this functioning wall is they have a very comprehensive description, like I said, and they also tell you where to place the product if you would like to buy one of these products. Okay. So here it says the crystal globe is a representation of a growing social network, increasing intelligence, and allowing smooth, victorious ventures. Businessmen frequently use the globe to enable their sales to be stable in a world climate, and establishments often incorporate the globe to reflect the such aspirations on their logos, you know, but I think we see that pretty often, right? Globes increase the power of mentor luck, bringing with them fame, fortune, and self-confidence. Mentor luck or nobleman luck is the kind of luck that will bring you a good Samaritan or a kind, helpful person who can lend you a life-changing push during times of distress, trouble, or difficulty. So not necessarily in the form of giving you money, but opportunity, advice, support, and encouragement. And for that reason, one of the uh, places that it suggests that you put your globe in would be the Northwest sector, which is generally... Associated, if you use the nine life aspirations, it's associated with travel and benefactors. It's called, and so um, you know could be could be good to put there for. I always call it an intentional reminder. If you'd like, um, displaying a globe for education though can be done in the northeast sector here. And it does say if you're a writer or a teacher, you can do that because again, that Northeast Sector, if you're doing the life nine life aspirations, is associated with knowledge. Just a little bit of side note, that Crystal Globe on the function Shui Mall is actually sold out. <laughs> so I don't see any reviews for it, but it's actually sold out um, and it's actually kind of cute. So, you know, go check it out. So now what if you want to take a test and you need a little luck, but you can't bring your crystal globe or your pagoda figurine with you, what do you do? (laughs) And so Feng Shui Mall of course has the answer for that too. Um, You can actually buy some lucky pendants and whatnot that you can keep on you or wear that do symbolize academic achievement. So it says here, one of them is an abacus. An abacus in ancient China was an instrument used to calculate transactions and trade deals by clerks and merchants across the land. It is where the modern day calculator derived from, and it was a board with many levels of sticks on which little beads could be pushed back and forth to symbolize numbers and figures. So, this may be a little bit of a lost art. I'm not really sure. And I do remember actually learning this in school, although, again, I don't I, I feel like that may be a standalone or niche experience. As I've mentioned before, I went to my elementary school years in in japan um and we went to a department of defense school because my dad was in the air force (laughs) so that may be unique to my schooling i don't i don't really know or i'm just really old okay so (laughs) uh but i digress okay due to its history of clever working and problem solving the abacus is now used for a symbol of prosperity and quick thinking money making strategies it says here that the abacus is used for students who are looking to excel in subjects of accounting, math, economics, or physics, the tool is believed to enhance the ability to think quantitatively. Quantitatively, yes, quanti- quantitatively, <laughs> and be more nimble with numbers. For individuals in career fields of science, engineering, and mathematics, an abacus upon a work desk is reputed to increase your numerical intelligence. It says wear this abacus pendant that is believed to heighten knowledge and multiply monetary gain. Heck, if it can do all that for 16 bucks, I might have to order it. Remember earlier I talked about finding your personal zodiac animal for intelligence. So one of the things you can do too is to buy an amulet, a keychain, or a pendant that you can wear or keep on you that is is that zodiac sign. So for example, my intelligence zodiac sign is my rat. So I would if I want to do this, I would get a rat zodiac pendant or necklace or charm to keep with me while I'm doing test taking and that is supposed to or at least said to aid in your test taking abilities. I say honestly, um use the tips that I gave you at the beginning of this episode to position your study desk use a good sector and, and study. And to me, I feel like that's actually the best advice you could get when you're, you know, using feng shui for academic achievements. All right, guys, hope you enjoyed today's episode. And I hope that helped you get a little bit of clarity on how you can set up, you know, your dorm rooms, your study rooms, and, you know, get your kids off to a good back-to-school routine. So again, check out that email um And that newsletter from the International Feng Shui Guild, sign up for emails from them because they have newsletters like that that come out every month and it focuses on a different topic. So just to kind of keep up to date there. Again, if you need a floor plan mapping, if you want to find any of your Zodiac Intelligence animals, or if you want to know where your stability direction is in your home, or what your stability direction is personally, just shoot me a message. So I am now including also my phone number to message me on WhatsApp. So go ahead and shoot me a message on there, and uh, and we can you know kind of chat that way too. WhatsApp also is easy to send documents on. So if you need a floor plan mapping and you don't feel like sending me an email, WhatsApp is a little bit more accessible. And again, you can send documents and photos and everything. So um, just shoot me a message on there, and yeah, I hope to talk to you soon. And I won't catch you next week, but I'll catch you on September first for that energy update. We'll catch you guys then. For a free energy mapping of your floor plan, please check the link in the show notes. To support today's podcast, go to learnfengshui.com, sign up for emails, leave a review, and share with your family and friends.